Welcome back to The Athletic Approach and today we're going to be talking about motivation. It's a bit of a funny one, so it's kind of the same rounds as confidence in the sense of, oh, can you be a bit more confident, but how do I, how do I motivate myself more or how can I motivate others a bit more? And again, it's understanding what can sit, what's kind of in motivation what what are the counterparts within motivation and a lot of the theories well there's one main theory um which kind of looks into autonomy and um relatedness and belongingness and i think that's really important to understand what that, what that means in context yeah. yeah um it's something we kind of like left off with and hinted at a little bit last week um that autonomy piece, you know, I think there's the three main points of what we're talking about is self-determination theory. And that's really like the foundation of like understanding and like pushing motivation into your team, into athletes, whichever way you want to look at it. But I really think that autonomy piece, in my opinion, is, is a massive player in it. Like we said, you know, giving these people who typically don't have a lot of say so in things just giving them that say so can do so much there. And it doesn't like when I tell this to people or I say to coaches, especially, you know, we all know coaches that are very like it, mm, what I'm trying to say, you know, the, the, it's their way or the highway. They want all the say so, which I get, you know, you're in charge. That's your job, but it doesn't have to be these like crazy decisions. You don't have to let, you know, your athletes, pick the entire game plan or schedule practices or you don't have to like fall under what your athletes want to do it can be really little things that give them some sense of autonomy and for a couple of years i i coached a high school baseball team and that was a point i really really tried to hit was giving them that that power to do things they enjoyed or things they wanted simple things like when we were on road trips and we'd have to stop for food I wouldn't pick where we got to go for food. I would let the team kind of like take a poll. Hey, do we want to go to Subway? Do we want to go to Wendy's? Do, whatever it is. And let them kind of pick and choose. And they thought that was like the coolest thing ever because they had never gotten that experience to just make a simple choice like that. Mm. Or at the end of practice, instead of saying, okay, everybody on the line, we've, we've got to do conditioning. Let them pick. Yeah. Like, would you guys rather run sprints or, you know, jog a couple laps or do some extra core work, whatever it is. It's those little things that if you as a coach can like sacrifice making that choice and not have any detriments to the training or the performance of your team, it's a perfect opportunity to like shove in some autonomy and let your players pick and choose. Because once they have that autonomous feeling, even if it's just little sprinkles here and there, they're a lot more like motivated to to give it their all in those situations because they chose to do it. They're not doing it because you said so and just to check the box, they chose it. So now why would they give it half effort when it's their thing? They want to give everything they can to the thing they chose. So autonomy can really, really power building that motivation in individual athletes, as well as like that whole culture within your team of getting everybody on the same page to be motivated, to be like the greatest program you can be. Mm -hmm. No, 100%, because I think that is so important because 
when you give that player autonomy, you also give this player accountability because not it's not always down to the coach. You know, a lot of the time you'll hear coaches and managers um, say a lot of the time that it's the players that win the game. It's not the manager or the coach. It's the players. And if the players are then taking credit for this and it's on their back when they win or lose, that is accountability. And that's where choices are so important because if you don't give them the choice to work on the things that they feel like they need to work on then they're not going to engage and if they're not going to engage then it's not going to be effective going forward and then performance isn't going to be to the standards that you as a coach may expect but you can't expect something that a player isn't fully on board with or they don't have that choice to be able to do what they want to do because um because, you know, I mean, just an everyday example is that if someone tells you to do something, suddenly you don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> because <laughs> it's just, you don't, I mean, it's that nagging and it's that constant do this, do that. And it doesn't make you feel, and it goes back to the theory, actually, that you don't feel connected to other people that are around you because they're not listening to you because you're constantly feeling like the person that's kind of getting hounded at, like, constantly and you're just like everyone shut up <laughs> and, it can, it get, it, and it can get to that point and then that's when the motivation sort of decreases because you don't feel like you're in a space where others are listening to you and if you don't have that choice you don't have that motivation as I said to them okay I want to yeah. win for the team I want to win for my coach because it's not there that that kind of that yeah that autonomy right Right. Yeah, that that autonomy piece, I think, ties in a lot to what you were saying with the the relatedness or the belongingness kind of interchangeable words there that once you have that connection within a program and everybody does feel kind of what everybody's striving for, you know, that one body going in one direction, that's when that overall confidence starts to really kind of thrive and grow and become part of the program itself. It's not this like outside being of Yes, each individual has their own motives and own drivers, but from a holistic, like the whole group picture, once you kind of check those two boxes, you've got two of the three parts of the self-determination theory, and it really starts to grow. And then that third piece is that competence piece. And I think that ties back into a little bit less of the mental aspect. There is still a role that it plays, but the competence piece is a lot of the physical skills that come along with your sport. Something we kind of talked about last time with the different physical demands that come along with whatever sport we're talking about, that's that competence piece. That's showing up to practice every day, practicing your skills, learning how to dribble a basketball, learning how to hit a baseball, learning how to kick a soccer ball, whatever it is. And once you get those skills to a level that matches your competition or the challenges you're gonna face, that confidence starts to rise. So you know when you're faced with something in game, you've practiced this before. You're competent at this skill and you're able to execute it because of that motivation and that confidence you have in being able to do the skill under pressure or not, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And with that competency, it's making sure that things aren't too easy or too hard because if it's too easy, it's boring. They're going to not again they're not going to engage in it and if they don't then 
they're not learning they're not growing they're not improving and that's the same way if things are too difficult they're just if it's out of their competency that they feel like okay this is too hard for me then it's likely that they probably will then give up because everything yeah. is a level too hard a level too high but if you bring it down so that it challenges them enough in a supportive environment then it's likely that they will then thrive because if they are placed in a high challenging situation but they have low support then it's not gonna it's not gonna match up they're not gonna thrive they're not gonna improve they're not gonna have the motivation to then think okay I want to take this on because they don't have the support to then match up to that and it's the same again if it's too easy but they have a high level of support and then it's like oh maybe you know you're kind of wrapping this athlete in bubble wrap (laughs) because you're being too I guess almost too gentle and that kind of comes with you know building resilience and adversity because sometimes you do need that challenge you do need those setbacks and sometimes that's where motivation then really shows even when things aren't going your way that is where you need to be the most I guess yeah motivated yeah that's a perfect like window into it when things are going sideways you're on a losing streak whatever it is that's when you can really see that inner workings of motivation within an athlete or a player because that's when you know the rubber meets the road and they have to make that choice are they going to just keep plowing through be resilient and get through these times and that kind of falls back on did we you know do everything we could to motivate these kids and make sure that they are able to it's this weird like everything comes together and we want this perfect mixture like you were saying with it can't be too easy but it can't be too hard it, it's a really tough like battle to fight and answer to find. And it all, we're talking a lot about like the whole team and building this within a team. But within that, we go back to that individual part where depending on each kid's competency level and how related they feel within the team and all that stuff, then the challenges have to be different. We have to make it maybe tougher for one person than the other person to make sure that they're meeting that challenge that they need to keep that motivation level where we want to. It's a really, really difficult thing to to accomplish well. And still somehow I think it gets overlooked far too often. And the only way you can sort of know what it is that the individual needs to work on is to just ask, get that feedback. Feedback is so important. And I think as a coach as well, it's important for for them to feel like they can take criticism as well, as well as giving criticism to athletes. Sometimes things might not be working and they should be open to understanding that things aren't working. Because if you if you don't listen, you're not gonna know what your players need. And if you don't know what they're gonna if you don't know what they need, then that's when motivation can really sink because they're not feeling listened to. They don't feel like you as a coach care about them and I think that's so important and again it goes back to this relatedness that if you feel like your coach cares about you and you want to then win for your coach you want to win for your team you want to you want to be that team player because you feel like you're in a culture you're in a space that really appreciates you and kind of yeah and you're just this team and you you just want to yeah yeah Yeah, it's that I know you're doing it. I'm doing the same thing, like picturing this like masterpiece of a team 
where everything is clicking. The coaches and the players are on the same page. Everybody's getting along, which we know doesn't happen in team sports. It's sports. There's controversy. There's tough things to deal with. But this, like, ideal picture we have is we can get pretty close to it if we're kind of checking all these boxes, making sure we're understanding from the grand picture how the whole team operates together. But then to get to that point, you have to understand each individual cog in the machine where the player, like you were saying, the feedback part, coaches talking to each and every individual and both parties there have to understand the other's motivation. You know, the the other thing that gets talked a lot about in motivation, we spent you know, some time there talking about self-determination theory, which is the nerd part behind it, the science-y part behind it that no one wants to hear. The other kind of words that we hear a lot more often are the, the intrinsic versus the extrinsic motivations. And that's something that once both athletes and coaches understand that of each other, then you're in a much better spot. The, the intrinsic idea of being that classic, like love for the game. You know, I play because I love it. I enjoy the feelings I get from just playing like I was a kid. It's a great motive. Some people really thrive in that and really live with that intrinsic motivation. Other people's not so much. Other people are maybe very extrinsically motivated. You know, when we get to the talking about the professional levels, they're there for their contract, the, the paycheck that comes with it, the esteem that comes with, you know, being a world champion, the fame, all that stuff is very extrinsic. And I think the, the part that gets kind of lost sometimes is the idea that these two things can coexist. An athlete can have both of these. They can have a little bit of an intrinsic, or maybe they started super intrinsic as a kid. And as they reach those upper levels where it became a career, that extrinsic part is hard to ignore. That paycheck that's paying all their bills, you can't just act like it's not there. It's a thing. And I, I don't think either side, especially the extrinsic side, should be like villainized. A lot of times we hear that where we don't want our athlete, we want our athletes to only play for the love of the game, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but that's not what the real world is. You know, there is those outside factors that drive people to show up to practice every day when they don't want to. So instead of looking at that as a negative and trying to flip the script on our athletes and get them to all be intrinsic, we can use that. We can play into that and understand that they're driven by an outside factor. So let's make that outside factor prevalent to them every single day. Remind them that, hey, if we want to win a world championship and you want to be the number one player in the world, you got you to gotta show up. You got to get the work done. It's not going to just come to you. There's ways to use both intrinsic and extrinsic, but to do that, you have to understand them and understand them in each player's context, what it is that gets them out of bed in the morning. Mm, context, that is the word, isn't it? And it is, <laughs> it is understanding what the situation this athlete is in and what other pressures they might be facing outside of their sport. And kind of what we were talking about in the last episode is understanding that there is more to this person than that than just their sport they are a human being and even just yeah you know every other person can probably you know they could probably strive for a career because of how much money they will make out of it and that you, you don't ever you don't ever frown upon that but sometimes it's frowned upon in sports and you think 
why? I mean, it's still a job that someone's doing. It's still a job that pays bills. Um, but because, you know, you'll see in the media, again, that plays a lot into um, into the athlete's well-being. It's just if they're being ripped into saying that, you know, they're on this salary, why aren't they playing well? Are they donating it to charity? And X, yeah. Y, and Z. But what about the bigger corporations? I'm going off on a tangent a little bit here, <laughs> but, you know, like it goes, you know, it goes beyond sort of sport. Um, but no, it's just, yeah, going back to that point about context, it is important to understand that each individual can have their own motivations to play the sport depending on their backgrounds, their financial situations, their families, um, gender, class, race, everything comes into the motivation of this player and then how their experiences then feed out and maybe why they don't want to play in a, in a specific sport anymore or why they don't want to play for a certain club anymore. And again, it goes back to this culture. What is it that's being built in, in these environments that you need to consider as a as a coach and even as just a teammate you know how can you yeah. make someone else feel comfortable if someone's just joined you know the club overseas again a whole different different kind of context that you're playing with in a yeah. different environment yeah the the each person coming into a program or joining a team whatever it is comes in with their own stuff everybody is at a different level when it comes to this this motive this driver under even at a level of understanding their own motivations and drivers everybody like as we go down in the levels down in age the less and less understanding there is for that which is just natural i, I don't expect a five-year-old kid playing peewee baseball basketball whatever it is to think like you know i i'm playing this sport because i really love it and this is my, my life's passion. I don't expect that from a kid. They, they probably just want to hang out with their friends from school. Like, that's awesome. That's motive enough right now. But as you get older and you get into those competitive settings, you get into high school, you get into college and so on and so forth. And you're playing at these high levels where those variables we're talking about start to matter. That's when those conversations have to take place between the higher ups and the athletes the coaches, the managers, X, Y, and Z, and understanding this stuff and helping kind of poke each other's buttons the right way, understanding you're motivated this way and I'm motivated the other. So we have to approach each other differently in order to get the most out of us. But no matter like what it is, once you understand that stuff, you can kind of look back at that self-determination theory we started with and talking about making sure that we have that 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 power within the team as athletes and that autonomy and then making sure everybody's kind of connected and related and then getting the physical work done. So we're competent in the skills and all of them kind of click together to start building that, that culture we've talked about and getting that motivated group to build that ideal, like hypothetical team that we all, we all want to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. And I think kind of just something that I want to pick up on on what you said about, when you're a child and what your motivations are then and, and how this changes and I think that's so important because I think passion can play a role in this because 
you might absolutely love the sport when you begin but suddenly when it gets so competitive when there's other factors involved you don't want you don't enjoy the sport as much anymore because it becomes more than just the sport because all these external rewards are then playing a role again this is kind of probably where the negative view can come into it a little bit but sometimes it's not always like the glam it's not always the fame it's not always the money and sometimes they don't want that as an athlete and that can be so hard to manage because when when is it you know when is that transition where suddenly that pressure is on and suddenly you're not playing for just the love of the sport you're playing for other things as well yeah yeah it motivation grows and changes and evolves and adapts for people's entire careers but it's important to know, like we were saying, in that context, in that moment, to know where it's at. Because without that, you're kind of missing the whole foundation of everything. And so if you don't have that moda- mo- motivational foundation, where do you start from? So once you've kind of laid that foundation, then you can get into the next topic, the next skill, which is kind of what we're doing here as we go through these, starting building from the ground up. So today, you know, we talked a lot about different parts of motivation, theories behind it, intrinsic, extrinsic, all the words you hear all the time to hopefully kind of give you that foundational understanding of how you can use that within a program. And then as we move forward, so can you. We give you these these tools, these skills that we can give to our athletes to help them continue building, continue growing and building that ideal program we've always wanted.